I don't know if you're still amazed, uh, Grace, but one of the things that holds back revival is that we get over it. It becomes a given. I'm saved by the grace of God. Thank God for it. It's just a given. But it's something that we're focusing on every time we have Holy Communion. Because if they're going to have a rekindling of the fire of the first love, it happens at the cross. As we view him upon the cross, dying in our behalf. That's where it all began. And when it says, repent and do your first works, that you may rekindle that first love, the first works begun at the foot of the cross. Amen. Not, not anywhere else. That's where it all began. And that's where it all flows from. That's why the Apostle Paul wouldn't get diverted. So many Christians so easily distracted. Kind of like the dog squirrel. <laughs> he, he can be paying attention until a squirrel runs. Squirrel. And sometimes we're just like that dog distracted by that squirrel. There's so many distractions and other things entering in. Choke the word. You're in church, you're reading your Bible, but there's no fruit from it because it's being choked out. And that's what we want to address today. We don't want other things entering in to choke the word. And that means we can't let our focus be broken. Looking. Everybody say looking. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Run with patience, laying aside every sin, and wait. God is not just concerned about the actual sins that beset people so easily, but the weights, unnecessary things that we are carrying that we don't need to be carrying as believers. I don't need to be worried about uh, some little, I started to say fat guy, but there's too much fat on me to talk about, though. Anyway, a, a little rotund fellow in Korea with with a nuclear arsenal. I don't need to worry about whether he's going to push the button or whether Trump is going to push the button or whether we're going to have World War III and what are we going to do if it happens. I don't, that's a distraction. Why should I worry about that? Why should I concern myself? Well, what if, what if you get blown away? Instant death, instant glory. Amen. You can, you, can, you can deal with these things. You don't have to be focused on all that nonsense. Well, what if that plague that's over in Africa gets over here and wipes out, you know, 90% of America and I'm part of that? What if you're not? Well, what if you're a Psalm 91 person? Amen. Because thou hast made the Lord thy God thy habitation. And under his wings thou hast come to trust. Thou shalt not be afraid of the arrow that flieth by day, nor the plague, for it won't come nigh thy dwelling, nor the pestilence. Can you say, man, a thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's got to make a difference. There's 11,000 down. There's one standing. Who do you want to be? You want to be part of the statistics or you want to be the, you want to be the exception to all of that? God is a provider. And God is a protector. And one of the most frequent terms used in the new covenant is fear not. Because he knew faulty bodies in a fallen world. We're going to be looking at all kinds of fearful things. 
And he keeps saying, fear not, little flock. When you see these things come to pass and they're negative signs of the end time, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. Peace. Wow, what a treasure we have to live in this world under these conditions, in this fallen, fallen world, in this faulty body, and have peace. It makes us stand out in the crowds, I'll tell you right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. I believe He wants to showcase us because of that. Peace, righteousness. We're right with God. We know that God is for us. We know that God is not just that man upstairs or the force, uh, you know, like, like Star Wars or whatever. Amen. He's a heavenly Father. Hallelujah. And He provides. And He tells us, don't be afraid. Angels would appear to people that fall down like dead because of the, just the majesty and the glory. And it wasn't just, you know, they were not fat babies with wings. These were mighty warrior angels. And, and when you encounter the supernatural visibly, viably, personally, people fell on their face when the angel Gabriel wasn't a warrior angel. He's a messenger. When he appeared to Daniel, it said his knees smote one against the other. Amen. He shook so hard. His knees were, were smiting one another. And he fell on his face. And the angel picked him up by his belt and said, fear not. Isn't that incredible? Don't be afraid. I'm here because God loves you. I'm here because God has a message for you. God sent me to you. The Bible said in the New Testament, angels, angels are sent to minister in behalf of those who are sanctified. Can you say, man, that means angels are in this room. How do you know? Because the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, that reverence him. Can you say, man? So they're here today. Angels are here. And if you can still be nonchalant, we're working on you. We would love to see you react and respond to these truths. I think it's great having the angel of the Lord camping round about me. Glory to God. They are, they are ministering spirits sent by God for a specific purpose to minister in behalf of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not just little children that you see the picture of the angel. It's big children. My grandmother on my mother's side called them children from Kentucky. It's children, not children. Amen. Angels, angels encamping round about us. As the see, that's how God keeps a promise. He said, He said, the righteous are going to be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, because as the mountains are round about. Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. Can you see his use of angels to keep that promise concerning the covenant children? He's round about us because he sent angels to minister round about us. I, I love the story, and we're kind of ministering as we worship today and moving toward Holy Communion. I, I, I love the story that is true. It's not just a, you know, 
you can almost turn a Bible story into a bedtime story. And it's not the same when you read from this book as it is from you read a little story about whatever, Aesop's fables or whoever. When you read the Bible, you're reading truth, historic truth, spiritual truth from the Word of God. This actually occurred. Amen. And, and so when the, when, when the enemies of Israel conspire, and they're going to go down and, and ambush the army of Israel and take the city. God speaks to his prophet. His prophet goes to the king and tells him what the plans are of the enemy. And the king doesn't fall for the trap. And the enemy's waiting for them to come because they've set the trap. They don't show up. They were sure of victory. And the king gets so mad after the second or third time this occurs, he said, we've got a snitch among us. That word's not in the Bible, but I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit. We've got a snitch among us. We've got a rat among us that's ratting us out. Amen. And we, we, we're going to find him, and we're going to kill him. And they were beginning to threaten all the troops, start rolling heads until somebody fessed up. If you were even suspected of being that kind of a rat, <laughs> amen, uh, uh, you would probably be killed. And a man steps up and said, you don't have to go through all our ranks trying to find the rat. It's not a rat among the ranks. There's a prophet down there. He's God's man. He hears God's voice. And God tells him when we make our secret plans. And he said, well, let's go down there and kill that prophet. So the prophet and his servant get up in the morning and his servant goes out to gather wood because he's a servant to the prophet. Is it Elisha? Elijah. Elisha. It's Elisha. And he goes out and, and he's gathering wood and he's going to make the fire and get the breakfast going. And he looks to the north. He sees armed troops. He looks to the east, the south, and the west and he sees armed troops. They are completely surrounded by armed troops. He comes back in white as a sheet and says, Master, what are we going to do? And King James says, how shall we do? How, how do we respond to this? How do we react when we, the two of us, are surrounded by an army that is big enough to conquer Israel's whole army and just the two of them? Now, it shows me one thing. The devil is real intimidated by the people of God. Because he wouldn't have to send the whole army after two guys that are unarmed at the initial looking at the outside. How shall we do? And see, if the, if, if, if the prophet knew the plans, he knew these plans too. He wasn't surprised that they were surrounded. And he went out and looked and he saw the army. And he saw something beyond the army. And he told his servant, open thou, because he's shaking, he's quaking, he's panic-stricken. How many people in here have a problem with anxiety? You say, Brother Venable, you're teaching and preaching. Well, that doesn't mean I don't have a problem. It just means I find solutions to those problems. I haven't become so spiritual that I don't get anxious. I haven't become so vested in the word of God that I don't worry sometimes I have to catch I have to deal with that casting down imaginations I have to cast them down amen what time I'm afraid 
I will trust in thee. It's the antidote for that fear. He said, Master, open his eyes and let him see. And God let him see beyond the physical world and the physical material world and let him see into the spiritual world. Would you like to know what he saw when he looked beyond the physical and the material? They hadn't even prayed yet. They haven't even asked God to do anything about their situation. But he said, open his eyes and let him see. And when the servant looked, he saw that the army that surrounded them was surrounded by angels and chariots of fire. Woo! Somebody say glory. That meant he had all, God had already surrounded the army that was surrounding the prophet and his servant. You don't have to inform God of your issues. He's way ahead of you. He's way ahead of the devil. He, the Bible said he knows how to deliver the righteous. You ain't got a clue. You, it gets so complicated and, and our mind gets, we use our logic and our reasoning. And you know what I'm praying? Lord, open mine eyes and let me see. I may never see the, what he saw the way he saw it in 3D technicolor. But don't be sound. Can you say amen? But through the eye of faith, I can accept that angels are round about me, that God is with me, that there's nothing going to occur that God doesn't know about, that he isn't ready to address. But I want you to listen. All of this provision of God, all of this power that was available through angelic assistance to those two people, they were there, but they were not doing anything but being there. Until the prophet prayed. They're there to do the work. But until he prayed. It was as if they were not there. So do you understand why the devil doesn't want you to pray in faith? Because God's way ahead. God's ready. Amen. Whatsoever things you desire. When you pray believe that you receive them. Amen. Listen carefully. He said, Lord, smite this army with blindness. Then the angels went to work. And all of that army became blind. And they had to, they had to put their hands out to feel each other and to say, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And, and he said, let's take this army now and put them in the hands of the king of Israel. And you can see a vast army that is cast down their weapons, helpless, blind. And you can see this line. Can you visualize a line? Every man's, every man's hand is on somebody else's shoulder. Amen. And they take them to the king of Israel, a blind army that was bound and determined to destroy them. And said, what shall we do with them? What, what are we going to do with them? We're going to just slay them all? No. We're going to send them home and let them know there's a God in Israel. Let them be test. Let them give testimony. Can you say, man, that we didn't just win a military victory over them by taking them by surprise. This was a supernatural God-given victory. They're all blind. We didn't do that with swords and spears and shields. Can you say, man, God did that. And they begin to rack up a history of supernatural deliverance 
supernatural. God always wanted the enemies of Israel to know they are defended supernaturally. That's why when David numbered Israel to see how many troops he could put on a battlefield, he sinned against God. Because he moved away from the supernatural. He moved away from the supernatural. He moved away. You, you know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to move completely away from the supernatural. They keep calling me. Uh, the, what is it? Uh, what are, who are we with? Well-med. Uh, AARP. You don't know. That's ARP. You'll, you'll know about that someday. American Associations of Retired People. Well, I'm not fully retired, but uh, I'm in that age group. And, and they keep calling me. They keep, they're concerned about me. They just don't understand why I'm not going through a barrage of tests. And they don't understand why that I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm not costing them a penny. They ought to be hand clapping. Can you say man? Uh, why, why, aren't you, why, why aren't you having this barrage of tests? Because there's nothing wrong with me. Well, there might be something wrong you don't know about. Well, that's okay too. I got my three score and ten. I'm working on grace now. If I go home tomorrow, it's been a good run. Can you say, man, but one thing for sure, I'm not going home worried. And I'm not going home upset. And I'm not going home just you know, bound and imprisoned by fear. <laughs> and when you tell somebody Jesus is your physician, they look at you like you're some kind of crazy person. But He honestly is. He honestly is. I've seen so many people move. God would move for them. And I've been pastoring for 45 years in January and preaching. And I've seen people get healed. No more evidence, no more symptoms at all, and then fall right back into because they moved away from the supernatural. Let me give you this before we praise him some more and have Holy Communion this morning. When David numbered Israel, it displeased God. Because if you're trying to see what you can put on the battlefield instead of trusting God for your victory. And God never gave victory by how many people you could put on a battlefield. He always sent angels. He always sent angels. Even when it didn't say He sent angels, He sent angels because that's His M.O. Angels are ministering spirits. Sent. To do what? To minister in behalf of those who are sanctified. He just let the servant of Elisha see them. Everybody say supernatural. Let them, send them back home all blind. And they ask the king, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? I want to go home. What do your troops want to do? I want to go home. Okay, we're going to send you home. And when you get there, and they ask you why you didn't defeat Israel. You tell them that because there's a God in Israel. Not because there's a great military force in Israel. Not because there's a king that's a military, uh, 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 a military tactician that knows how to deploy his army. Not because there are fierce warriors bigger and badder than any of us. But because there is a supernatural being that is watching over his covenant people to deliver them. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about. You see the angels? 
round about His people. Sometimes we see angels as fat babies with wings like on Valentine's cards. Sometimes we see them as beautiful ladies. Uh, I've searched the Scripture. I haven't found a lady angel yet. I mean, I don't want to blow anybody's... You know, if you've got a beautiful picture at home, don't throw it away. Uh, I think ladies ought to be angels. They're, they're a lot prettier than the rest of us guys. All the guys said amen, so you can go home with that lady. And all the ladies say amen because you know it's the truth, right? Y'all are prettier than us. Look, look. Sherry said, I even got a halo. I think, I think uh, we had to get a room with double doors just so she could get her wings through. She has to fold them down and, well, maybe not exactly. Amen. Maybe we, you could go through a single door, you know. We have all kinds of misconceptions about the supernatural world and angels in particular. The righteous shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, the Lord is round about His people to deliver them. So what did, what did He see? The people who surrounded them, God had already sent angels to surround them. But here's the key. Until a prayer of faith was prayed, even with all of that angelic, supernatural, available power, nothing had occurred until a man on earth prayed to the God of heaven. Who is ready to answer that prayer. Way ahead of time. Amen. Do you understand why the devil wants to rob you of faith? Do you understand why he wants you not to pray? Do you understand why he wants you to to not continually acknowledge the supernatural help that's available to you. And move over into the physical and the material. David comes down, and I'm going to finish the sermon, then we'll finish praise, and then we'll have communion. We're unorthodox here. We don't follow patterns here. We break all the patterns. I, you know, on the way in, I said, Holy Spirit, have your way. Well, I believe He's having His way. And one reason He's having His way is because I told Him, Lord, Lord, speak to me that you might speak through me. I make my tongue the pen of a ready rider. Can you say man? So my tongue is available to him. And this is the message today. You know what that's evidence of? It's evidence that I have received supernatural power from on high. It's not just a tongue to, to acknowledge my spirituality or to, to get me in, involved in the part of the spiritual elite. That talk in tongues. No, it means I have received power. You shall receive what? Power. What kind of power? Dunamis. And one of the worst words used, because you're still dealing with the logic and reasoning of the carnal mind, is dynamo and dynamite. There's no possible way to compare dynamite to God's power. Dynamite is not even a firecracker compared. The dynamo that is turning because a, a waterfall is turning it and, and power is being produced by it is a is a, a, a weak, weak illustration. You cannot compare that to the power of God. A God who says, let there be a firmament. And every planet, 
and every star and every comet and every asteroid and every sun and every moon that is in the universe, not just the ones we see, but anything beyond that was created. The universe was just as without form and void as the earth was. It didn't precede the earth. It all started at creation. He created the universe, then He created the earth. By the Word that I'm quoting to you today, God's Word. Wow! What if that gets loose inside of us? What? Let me get this done with David. David is a shepherd boy. But he has been anointed to be a king in Israel. But there's already a king in Israel, Saul. So David is content, even though anointed to be king, to keep his father's sheep. He's the least of the sons of Jesse. And because he was the last and the least, when, he, when, when the prophet was told to go and anoint a king and pick one of Jesse's sons, he picked David. Not the firstborn with the salt and pepper gray, six foot one, looked so manly and kingly, but the boy that did all the odd jobs, <laughs> kept the sheep while they went into worship. He anointed him with oil and he didn't recognize because again, he looked after the natural. He didn't think like God was thinking. God chooses, he doesn't choose the mighty man nor the wise man, nor the rich man. He said, that's nothing to glory in. He chooses the things that are not to bring to naught the things that are. Why? Because He wants all the glory and recognition when it happens. He chooses the weak things. So many people are trying to promote themselves as strong spiritual. Listen, listen. Be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. And in the power of His might, not in the power of your might. And Paul recognized that. He said, when I'm weak, dependent on Him, then, then, I'm made strong. One, because he told him that when you're weak, then are you made strong. One paraphrase says, my strength shows up best in weak people. Closer you get to someone anointed, the more you're going to see their humanity. You're going to say, dear Lord, they're just like me. How could God anoint them like that when they're just like me? What? If you look, you know, some people think I'm going to take this coat off and I'm going to open, take my tie off and I'm going to open my shirt and inside there's a, there's a jumpsuit on. <laughs> you know, is it, what's Superman wearing these days? I saw him in a black outfit. I thought that looked pretty good, but my Superman from my day, he had on a blue leotard or what? Well, I don't know what it was. Amen. Fit him real tight. Showed off his abs, you know. <laughs> he got a six-pack. I got a beer barrel. Anyway, moving right along. I won't even go there. But uh, uh, you, Big Red S. And we put people up on those pedestals. If they're, if they're achieving for God, if they're walking in victory, they're weak enough to look to Him with, for everything in their life. And if you get close to them, you're going to see that they have a treasure in an earthen vessel. 
Just like, and I'm going to use New Jersey, just like you guys. Can you say amen? Just like you guys. Isn't it amazing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, because he was God, so he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. But he made of himself no reputation and took on himself the form of a servant and humbled himself and was obedient even to the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have this treasure, therefore, Paul said, in an earthen vessel. Listen, for a purpose. God doesn't change the earthiness of the vessel when He invests supernaturally in you and in me. You'll always be a cracked pot. I didn't say a cracked pot. I said a cracked pot. You'll always be a clay vessel. You'll always need grace. You will always need mercy. You will always receive it if you're humble enough to acknowledge your need for it and look to God by faith. Can you say amen? Again, how many has ever had a problem with anxiety? Raise your hand high and wave it because it's okay. If you're weak enough to admit your need, God is strong enough to meet your need. And He's good enough and He's gracious enough. It like to have killed me. I almost died. A, 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 a surgeon uh, laid hands on me. Spirit-filled surgeon laid hands on me. Put his hand on my chest, and and he, without me going into detail of my prognosis, he said, "Your whole body is like a fuse box that's overloaded. Something could blow at any time." And he put his hand on my heart and began to pray for me. God, the devil wanted to kill me with worry. And one of the tricks he used on me, as we hurry through this, one of the tricks he used on me was what Paul said about his ministry. And he said, and that, I carry a lot of responsibilities. I carry a lot of burdens. And that, that cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. When I initially read that, I thought it was the administrative duties and, and refereeing church fights. Things, doctrinal issues and always, but it was beyond that. The context of that in the overarching context, the Apostle Paul saw people turning back. You did run good for a while. What did hinder you? He saw that in the church, in the Christian community. First generation. He saw it. They went out from us. But they were not of us. He saw defection. He saw backsliding. He saw defection. They went out from us. But they were not of us. Because if they were of us. They wouldn't have went out from us. Can you say man? He saw that. He saw, he saw people who refused to grow spiritually. I couldn't give you meat. Therefore I fed you with milk. Amen. There's a point where you're supposed to not be. And there are pastors that are very happy to feed you with milk every Sunday. But you, you can't mature on milk. It will sustain you until you can graduate. Baby, don't stay on milk. It's a wonderful food until they get to a certain point. But if they're going to grow any further, they can't do it on milk alone. 
they got to go to junior food, baby food, junior food, and then Big Mac. French fries, milkshake, amen. You got you to gotta eat some meat. I couldn't give you meat because, listen to this, because strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. They have outgrown all of this silly baby stuff. You know what Paul said? He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Wah, wah, wah. Want to call a wambulance? Can you say amen for that person? They come to church on Sunday. Wah! I didn't get this. He don't do that right. It's too loud. It's too hot. It's too cold. He's too. He's too this. He's too that. He's not over here on what I wish he would hop on every Sunday because that's what's bugging me. Well, we're not here to preach what's bugging you. There are some people in here that need their faith to work. There's some people in here that need a miracle. There's some people in here that need to learn how to cast their burden on the Lord. There's some people in this room that need the supernatural to operate in their life. And they're not concerned about this tangent over here. That has nothing to do with salvation. But it really bugs me. Oh, I've, I've seen a preacher on TV that, and I won't tell you who, but I could tell you who, but it doesn't matter. It just made me want to kick the television. Throw a brick at it. But it's easier to just turn the frazzling thing off or change the channel. I'd rather watch cartoons. At least they make me smile and don't upset me. Some of the doctrines that are going around. But it's not just what's being preached. It's that audience, physically and by television, that is hanging on every erroneous word. Amen? People haven't grown up. They don't let their they, they they don't know the word of God. They only have it interpreted like the Catholic Church used to do. They couldn't even read the Bible. They just let it be interpreted by the priest. So they didn't know what it said. When they found out what it said, we had the Reformation. And and we had the Protestant movement. Are you a Catholic or are you a Protestant? You know what Protestant is? Protestant. I protest what the mother church has been teaching because I read the book and it don't match and nobody explained it to me without me knowing what they were saying in latin i read it it changed everything thank god somebody read the book and didn't just depend on the preacher or the priest but you know what we've got today we've got people watching somebody on television don't even go to church won't even listen that they got their books they got their tapes they got they got their it's like they got the gospel on their terms. God is just a, he's really a Kris Kringle in the skies. There is a Santa Claus. Amen. If I practice this principle and seed that ministry, I'm going to have that mansion, drive that Bentley, have perfect health, and all my kids are going to go to college and become doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. Oh, don't look down on Indian chiefs. They own those casinos. Amen. So, I'm going to be rich. They're going to be rich. I'm never going to have a health issue. I'm never going to have an emotional issue. I'm never going to have a financial issue. And all I've got to do is follow Jesus. And the first prerequisite for following Him is take up your 
No, deny yourself. Because if you don't deny yourself, forget the second imperative. If you don't deny yourself, you're not going to take up a cross. And taking up a cross is not being persecuted and feeling bad. I'm a poor Christian. I'm being ostracized. Jesus said when they do it for righteousness sake, you're supposed to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Glad you're not of, you're in the world, but you're not of it. He said don't rejoice if the world embraces you. It loves its own. But if it casts your name out as evil, if you have trouble, people come against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly. This is not just be glad, be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward when you get home. And we're all headed home, aren't we? Can you say amen? All right, listen to me carefully. Let's get David down facing the giant. You've heard this a lot of times. But David is now anointed. The problem with too many anointed people is they want to go out and take on a giant before they get through the lion and bear stage. They're not slaying the smaller things in their life. They want to jump, promote themselves to the bigger things. Don't you ever go to Haiti and decide to cast out a devil. It's easy to manufacture devils here. There's a, somebody went over there with us and and we saw real demonic stuff. I saw people fall down. I saw a lady fall down to the ground and look like she became disjointed. And she was able to do things that the human body is not capable of naturally. She was, you know how a snake moves like that? When she hit the ground, that's how she moved. And she cursed us in her, her language. She cursed us in French Creole. But it wasn't her. And then she cursed us. The interpreter told us. And then she cursed us in English. And she didn't know one word of English. This was way back in the sticks. When we shared testimony and praised, particularly in worship, on the big Sunday night service when several thousand people came, no electricity, had to do it by generator. We saw demonic demonstrations. We saw demonic demonstrations because they were hard set against the gospel. I remember I preached on a Sunday morning. By the way, Brother Spain and I laid hands on a lady over there. And she fell to the ground like somebody hit her with a sledgehammer. <laughs> we commanded the devil to come out and he didn't. And we said, uh-oh. What now? What do we do now? And the Holy Spirit spoke. And you know what he said? He said, I, I, you all are going back to America. I want one of the ministers that is here in Haiti to cast it out. So that when you're gone... Because they didn't know they had the power. All the power was on the devil's side, they thought. And you know what? A little, slim uneducated, spirit-filled minister over there in Haiti walked up. Come out! <laughs> Amen. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come out! 
<laughs> Boy, that lady got up and she was as sweet-spirited as anybody you ever met. Received Christ as her Savior. Listen, this is all about the supernatural and our attempt in America to deny the supernatural, even the supernatural of God, let alone the devil, and try to live in some kind of vacuum where no supernatural exists. The, honey, you've got to get involved in the supernatural. We're in a battle with a supernatural enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of all the darkness of this world. But don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Take ye the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, stand ye therefore. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 God's armor is impenetrable. The shield of faith doesn't quench 99.9% of the fiery darts. It quenches every fiery dart. All. Everybody say all. All the fiery darts of the enemy. I'm glad they put us back here in the corner because I feel like preaching this morning. I do not feel like having a sermonette for Christianettes that's going to stay in a spiritual bassinet. The hour is late. The coming of the Lord is near and it's time for the church to rise. Rise up and stand up and stand true and stand firm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got a 25 foot cord and I can see right now it won't be long enough. David is anointed. When it says touch not my anointed. Every Christian you may not be anointed to preach. Lead a worship service. But every Christian is anointed. There's no such thing as an unanointed Christian. Every Christian is anointed. You have to be. Because if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be anointed. Maybe not anointed for a specific purpose to preach, but you're anointed to be God's witnesses, His ambassadors. You are appointed, therefore you are anointed. God never appoints without anointing. When He appointed David to be king, He anointed him for that office. Can you say amen? And He was going to lead Israel supernaturally. So God began to give him supernatural victories. They all go because there's an enemy. The Philistines have come up against Israel. His brothers are all in Saul's army. And David is left alone with the flock. A bear sees a shepherd boy unarmed. And he says, I'm going to take me a sheep from that flock. There's something about an anointed shepherd. The great shepherd of the sheep is Jesus Christ. And he is anointed. How God anointed. See, when he was appointed, he was anointed. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing some people sometimes. No, 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 no. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. If the devil is touching you, he wants to take him away from touching you. He wants to give you victory over him. Can you say, man, you touch one of my children? 
You're touching me. You're going to have to... Di- Come on, some of you ladies. Sherry, am I as big as Josh is, if somebody jumps on Josh and he's not winning, are you going to step in? You're going to poke somebody in the eye? What'd you say? You'll take them down. <laughs> Josh, Josh will agree with that. Uh, we were over at their house for a fellowship, and there you know, about 50, 40 people in the house. And Joshua was looking around. He said, you know where the, who the toughest person in this room is? You know, I was looking around with some guy with tattoos and big muscles, and he said, she is. <laughs> My mama toughest one in this room. My mama don't play. God don't play either. I had a little picture taken, went in, went in the hardware store and had a picture of me in front of a werewolf because of the season, of course. And I look like I'm running from the werewolf. And I love the way Doug responded. Doug said, a child, covenant child of God, don't have to be afraid. He said, because God is with us and God don't play. In other words, it ought to be the werewolf running from me instead of me running from the werewolf. I like it, Doug. I like it because there's victory in it. Instead of the one that said, He's gaining on you, Brother Venable. He's gaining on you. I got one of those emails. He's almost got you. Doug said, No, he ain't got you. You almost got him. He's right there where you can turn around and deal with him. This is no joke. And, and he meant it. I mean, there is a, 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 a silly, funny thing about all this stuff. But there's a reality to it, too. And the power we have ain't no joke. I'm going to put it in plain language. This is not a joke. I behold, I give you power over all, 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 without exception. There's not a devil in hell stronger than we are. Hallelujah. The devil himself is not stronger than we are. Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 When we move from the supernatural, God uses the natural. He uses people he, he makes a way through medicine. Every good and perfect gift is from God. But it is not designed to move you away from the supernatural and make you dependent on the physical and the material. Because if that fails, what do you do? If that fails, where do you go? Where do you turn? So David is anointed to be king and a bear says, I'm going to take a sheep from that fold. And David comes out For as I know, he was good with a sling. Shepherds always had a rod. And he come out and slayed a mighty bear, this shepherd boy. Because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And really, it didn't come on him. It said it was with him from the time that he was anointed. And then a lion came. And a lion decided... This is an undefended flock. Just that kid. I'm going to kill him and eat them. Boy, was he in for surprise. Because the anointing was on David. Supernatural. Say supernatural. 
Something we don't teach in Bible colleges. You don't need the supernatural. Professor so-and-so is going to give you all the theology and tell you what everything means. You do need. And the people that realized it got filled with the Holy Spirit, read the Bible and saw it differently than what they were taught in Bible college and in their denominational structure. Why did they see it differently? Because this is a spiritual book. And we need the Holy Spirit to be the Spirit of truth to guide us into the truth of this supernatural spiritual book. In fact, man himself should never be your complete teacher. First John says, you have no need that any man... And yet there's a, there is the pastor teacher as one of the gifts to the church. But if he's just doing it with his intelligence and with his Bible training and not with the Holy Spirit, we can't get the whole picture. You have no need that any man teach you for we have as Christians an unction. Supernatural. Say it with me. Supernatural. We have an unction from the Holy One to know all things. And that means a special anointing. And it is concerning truth. When it says he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. It's not just power against power. It's in the context of being able to, to tell and discern the spirit of Antichrist from the true Jesus Christ. It's discerning truth. He that's in you. Who is he that's in you? If it's not just power, what is it? When he, number one, it's a he, not an it. The spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. Can you say, you know what we need in church today? We need truth. And if you continue in my word with the Holy Spirit to reveal it, and you apply it to your life, you will know the truth. Not just intellectually, but by revelation and then by realization. And the truth will make you free. (laughs) Hallelujah. Free from fear. Free from doubt. Free from worry. Free from anxiety. Free from from every trap that the devil ever sets for you. So David has now slain a lion. Wow. He's slain a bear. But you know what he's going to do next? Go out and begin to advertise his anointing. No, he's going to maintain the servant heart. That's why God picked him. His brothers were away. And he took cheese and bread to go down and give his brothers that were in Saul's army. Here is this man with all this anointing going to bring cheese and bread to his elder brothers. Jesus took on himself the form of a servant. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And so David walks down with bread and cheese. And he walks down and finds out that... Israel's army is paralyzed with fear. Saul, the king, is paralyzed with fear. Because the Philistine uh, army captain says, king says, let's don't have all this unnecessary bloodshed. You put your champion on the battlefield. We will put our champion that was not uncommon in that day on the battlefield. Wouldn't it be something? If they let Trump and the little Korean guy fight it out. I think Trump would whoop him. I just personally. 
But wouldn't it be something if they put the leaders of these countries in a ring and give them both a baseball bat and say, the one that walks away, he's the winner. Let's let all our our sons and daughters stay home. (laughs) They're the ones that want the war. Let them fight the war. You don't work that way these days. But it did in those days. You put your champion, and we'll put our champion. And they put a champion out there that made the tallest basketball player look like a little guy. How tall did we? I knew the actual nine foot something. And he wasn't just skinny either. And he was strong on top of that. In fact, I believe that he was demon possessed. It doesn't matter how tall. A man is and how big a man is to archers that can hit their mark from a distance. I think an arrow through this ear and out this ear would probably bring him down. But there was something supernatural going on here. And David had experienced the supernatural from the time he was anointed, proved it while serving his father. Now he's going to serve his brethren. He comes down and he didn't go down there for any particular reason. He goes down there except to serve. But he hears about this challenge. He sees Saul's army stymied, stagnant, afraid, paralyzed with fear. And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? And you know what they said? You're right. We, we ought not be cowering like this. We got God. No. They said, have you seen the size of this man? Do you know what you're saying? Come on. This is God's people down there. This is God's people speaking doubt. God's people speaking fear. God's people backing up. God's people putting down anything that's born of faith in the supernatural. God's people reacting in fear and trepidation and intimidation. Instead of courage and strength, it kept them from the promised land for 40 years. That same kind of report kept them out of the promised land. I talk to some people about faith, and they give me illustrations of who failed over here and, and who, and they try to, to just justify the defeat that is just prevalent among the covenant children of God. How do you know defeat is prevalent? Because I've seen it for all of these years. I hear it. And I see it. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we were all walking in victory. I wish we were never distracted. I wish we never moved away from the supernatural that we started out with so we could have the help that we need. Have you seen the size of this man? And then they went into detail to show you how much they were focused on the size of the problem, the size of the threat, the size of the giant. They knew the weight of his, they had to do some research. They had to go to WikiLeaks or Wikipedia. Amen. Somewhere. They, had, they found out the size of his chain mail. They knew how much it weighed. They knew how his, 
They, they knew the weight of it. They knew the length of it. They knew his height. They knew everything about their adversary. They knew how big and bad he was. And they were relaying that to David. Have you seen the size of this man? First thing is the devil magnified the problem. Next thing he did was try to disqualify David from having anything to do with victory that day, even though he was anointed of God. His brothers said, what are you doing here? Your own brethren can discourage you. Have you ever had a brother or a sister say something so negative, so anti-faith, that just kind of broke your heart, put you down? So, so his own brothers said unto him, We know the naughtiness of your heart. We know your pride. Coming down here, you ought not be down here. You're supposed to be keeping the sheep. You should not be down here at all. You should be keeping the sheep. I know the pride and naughtiness of your heart. This is man's work. And you know what David said? I love what he said. Is there another cause? In other words, big bro, are you going to go out there and do this? Did you know the king was anointed to be king before he lost that position? Saul at one time was swift as an eagle in battle. He worked. You know why he was swift as eagle in battle? Because he was supernaturally anointed and God gave supernatural victory and no one ever overcame him until he compromised. No one ever defeated him until he compromised. Go home. Get out of here. This is men's work. But someone told the king that there's a young man. Oh, by the way, this young man, this young man could play a harp king was tormented but when david played his harp the devil was paralyzed to continue to torment him because david didn't play for the king david played david david's whole life he's psalmist the sweet psalmist of israel direct this to the chief musician sing it loud can you say man and it's all a revelation of god's goodness god's grace god's mercies god's glory god's majesty god's person and god's power and saul said bring him to me there's somebody here that isn't look he's not head and shoulders above anybody else he's not touting himself as a great warrior he's just saying god is with me and i don't fear this giant Bring him to me. And he recognized in David what he knew one time flowed in his own life. The anointing of God was upon him. And he said, okay, son, this is the deal. If you lose, we have to serve the Philistines. We have to let them come in and enslave us and our families and our children. But if we win, they got to go home with their tail tucked between their legs. Can you say man, and not bother us? That's what's on the line here. He said, no problem. No problem. I'm not here out of pride. I came here to serve. But I see a need here. And I, oh, by the way, when they said, have you seen the size of this man? You know how he responded? I have slain the lion. I've slain the bear. If I can kill a bear supernaturally. If I can kill a lion supernaturally. Can you see faith rising up and courage rising up? Come on, if a bear comes out and I kill him like he was a puppy, 
If a lion roars and I kill him like he was a kitten, who is this uncircumcised? Oh, I see myself in the mirror. Let me do it this way. I've been circumcised, thank you. Spiritually. Come on, that's Bible. That's Bible. Hang on. It's going to be okay. Can you say amen? Amen. Spiritually, everyone that's a Christian, she's not a Jew that's went through that, you know, thing. He's a Jew who is spiritually sanctified unto God and a Christian. Listen, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? See, that's one thing to understand. That army was not just Saul's army. Hallelujah. Because this is a covenant nation. Therefore, they are representing the holy God who says, I will fight your enemies. I will be with you in battle. I will give you victory. It will all be supernatural. It will look natural, but it's really supernatural. Hallelujah. I will get the glory for every victory you get. Because the people you defeat will know uh, it wasn't just a physical army we faced on that battlefield. So Saul says, okay, you can do it. You can do it. I believe God is with you. And therefore God is with us and you'll be His champion. And he allowed a shepherd boy with all of this because he knew the power of the anointing. He knew the power of... Oh, come on church. He knew the power of the anointing. And he says, but if you're going to represent Israel and the king of Israel and the God of Israel, you can't go out there in a shepherd's garb. So the king took his own armor and he put it on David. And there was a man in our church and he was a big guy. He was wide as he was tall. He's a big guy and he had on a suit. And I at that time was not as big as I am now. I was a, you know, slender fellow, 153 pounds I'd lost down to. Wow. And I took his big old coat, big long sleeves, you know, a size 50 tall, and I put it on. And, and when I got it on, the sleeves came down here. You couldn't even see my hands. It swallowed me. And I would not wear that coat because it swallowed me. And we'll wait for the cell phone to quit. Just turn it off completely, please. The best thing you can do is turn it off. I don't think the president's going to call you today. And it'll be right on there when church is over. Whatever Anybody wants you. You can't do a lot for anybody. Amen. So just keep it off, please. Amen. Listen to me carefully. We're in God's house. This is important to somebody in this room today. world see how easily it all happens and it breaks the focus the anointing and the flow listen to me carefully the devil don't want you to rise up he don't want me and he don't want you to move from the natural to the supernatural because he is supernatural foe and he will fight you tooth and toenail down on this physical plane and if you don't put on supernatural armor and recognize the supernatural power that you have and look to God who is supernatural you can, you're no match you're no match you're no match you're no match but if you move out of the physical and the material into the supernatural you're more than a conqueror because he loved you enough to save you and fill you with the holy spirit and give you his armor 
and give you His armor. And not one piece of it is natural. Every piece of it. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's supernatural. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart because it's supernatural. And the peace, your shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, is supernatural. It's a peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we take the armor because it's supernatural. David rejected Saul's armor and said, I can't fight with this. This, I don't feel free because I've got on all this material stuff. I never, I never killed the lion or the bear with a, with a sword or a spear or a shield or a helmet. I killed him with whatever I had in my hand because I was anointed to defend the sheep. Don't matter what you got if it's supernaturally anointed. What, what, what weapon? What weapon did God provide for Samson to defend himself in Israel from the Philistine army? One thousand armed troops come up against Samson. They waylay him somewhere out there. He's all by himself. He looked for a weapon. He knows he's anointed, so he knows it don't matter what I pick up, because whatever I pick up is going to be lethal. <laughs> Whatever I pick up is going to be lethal because I was anointed to defend Israel. Oh, a lion roared against him too, remember? He got out ahead of his parents traveling from one town to another and and he knew he was anointed because the Bible said before he did anything, supernaturally, the Spirit of the Lord began to move him. He got up in the morning, some morning after he was anointed. (laughs) There's something going on here. Hallelujah. Whoa, (laughs) yeah, I feel it now. Yes, sir, that wasn't just oil poured on me. There's somebody with me. There's somebody on me right now. Can you say, man? He got out in front of his parents and a lion sees a young boy with no defenders. And he says, easy pickings. I'm going to kill him, drag him off and eat him. Amen. And the lion roared. Satan goeth about as a roaring lion seeking what? Whom he may devour. He has to look for somebody he can because there are some people he cannot. Glory be to God. I said he has to look for somebody he can because there are some people he cannot. Brother Venable, don't you think you're going to make the devil mad? Don't you think he's going to come after you? Honey, he's been after me ever since I got saved. He got double after me when I began to preach the gospel. He's never let up on me. But I'm standing here telling you today, He that's in you is greater. He that is on you is mightier. He that is for you, hallelujah, is greater than the one that's against you. David goes out in his shepherd garb. Oh, by the way, the Bible said when the Spirit of the Lord came on Samson, it said he took the lion. The lion was really surprised. It must have been a shock because he roared and jumped on Samson. And when he did, the Bible said he tore him 
as he would a baby goat, a kid. He tore him apart. He tore him apart. And the lion is laying there. And he be dead. (laughs) But he had that expression on his face. Wahapa. Supernaturally. Supernaturally. So there's a thousand people. There's this anointed priest defending Israel. He looks for a weapon. He would have never picked up what he picked up if he thought he needed more with the anointing. He would have never picked it up. What a stupid weapon. A donkey had died. Deteriorated. All of his flesh rotted off his bones and the bones became brittle and dried in, the, in the, that eastern country's sun. And he sees the jawbone of a dead donkey. He said, that'll do. <laughs> Who would pick that up? I mean, come on, use Kung Fu. Not a jawbone of a donkey. No, he picked up the jawbone of a donkey. And he waded into 1,000 troops. You think they'd anointed on you some light little thing? Poor old us. We're just filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we're just called God's children. We're just got a blood covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Poor little, oh, what's the song say? Poor, poor, pitiful me. Oh, I get the poor old me's too, but I do not keep them. I can't afford them. Amen. I can't represent God that way. I can represent me that way, but I can't represent Him that way. And I'm not just concerned about my reputation. I'm concerned about His. I'm standing here today because He's good. I'm standing here today because He's gracious. I'm standing here today because He's merciful. I'm standing here today because He's powerful. I'm standing here today because He is great and mighty. Hallelujah! And faithful! Hallelujah! David puts off Saul's armor and Saul recognizes, I believe, something he once knew. Before he shifted and became great in his own eyes, he looked to God like David did. And the anointing came on him. Amen. And he, 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 you know the rest of the story. He ran. David did not tentatively move forward trying to figure out the game plan. He's anointed. He said, you come to me. Oh, the giant already tried. This is the last ditch effort of the devil to turn David back. The giant told him, I asked for a man. I'm insulted. You sent me a boy. But if that's the best you got, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to let the birds feast on his body. I'm going to cut his head off. Amen. So bring him on. And when he did like that, David began to run toward him. Now that must have been about as shock as that lion was. Can you say amen? He's seen the biggest and the baddest come forward very cautiously. But here's somebody running at me. This kid is running at me. Amen? And now he's not only running, he's running his mouth. 
Come on, he's not only running, he's running his mouth. <laughs> you come at me with a sword and a spear. I don't need no sword. I don't got no spear. I'm coming at you in the names. Everybody say supernatural. 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 I'm coming to fight you in the name. You need a sword. You need a spear. You need the size. You need the strength. But I need a name. I need a banner under which to fight. Hallelujah. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Jireh. Handa El Shaddai. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, I hear the Holy Ghost bearing witness out there. Hallelujah. God in you standing up. The Spirit in you standing up. Tongues that are not sounding brass. Tongues that are not tickling cymbal. But are representative of supernatural presence and power. Hallelujah. You come to me with sword and spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I'm going to take you down today and I'm going to take your head off your body. He went over to the brook, picked up five smooth stones. More than conquerors. He didn't need but one. But God is what? More than enough. More than enough. He's... Come on, he's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Can you say, man? Glory be to God. A God who is more than enough. Hallelujah. And when he took, you know, they, they, I remember when Nike wasn't a shoe. I remember when Nike was one of those first guided missile systems. It was the Nike system. Amen. That stone, it wasn't David's ability to hit the mark. It was supernatural. David could have closed his eyes. And not missed. He didn't. But he could have. It didn't say he did. But he could have. Because it's supernatural. He turned that stone loose. And it struck. The giant in the forehead. And normally a force like that. Would drive you back. But because it's supernatural and because it's the God of Israel's name that's being represented on that battlefield, he fell forward on his face before the Lord, not David. And David walks over and pulls this humongous, ginormous sword from his sheath. And he comes down like that. And that big old helmeted head just rolled. Now this is really gruesome stuff his head rolled off his body and all of those troops that had never seen a champion defeat their champion said wait a minute hold the phone can you say man hold the phone whoa nelly amen we're not up against shepherd boys that are super good with stones we're up against a supernatural invisible power that our greatest champion can't defeat. Ain't no point in this battle going any further. We're going to the house. <laughs> 
Goliath is dead and he's down and we are going to the house. And when Israel saw the power of the anointing, the presence of God was with them, not just with David, but with them. When they started running for the house, Israel's army got courage in their hearts and gave chase. Yeah, yeah, you better run. You better run. Somebody getting the victory can encourage other people to get the victory. That's why I want to walk in victory. Hallelujah. 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 Now, Brother Venable, what about let's get all quiet and let's just get sentimental about communion. No, let's let's have communion with the full understanding that we have been highly favored by God and we are highly defended by God. And we have been given the privilege of receiving the mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost to come and abide within us. I want to receive a communion today that acknowledge He that's in me is greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to acknowledge there's more than tongues going on in your pastor's life. There's power. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe the church with all of its programs, all of its choirs, all of its presentations, we still need the power of God? I know, I know people that lead those choirs that live in defeat. I know pastors that stand in pulpits that live in compromise. I know pastors that don't live in compromise morally, but spiritually they're compromised because they do not believe in the power of God or the need for it any longer. And we adapt doctrines to fit our condition instead of letting God change our condition because of the absolute inerrant truth of the Word of Almighty God. The days of Miracles are not over because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. 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 So I believe we're going to see supernatural miracles. I'm receiving supernatural miracles. My life has been marked by the supernatural intervention of God. And that's why I'm here today. So why should I worry? Why should I fret? I've got a mansion builder who ain't through with me yet, with me yet. Can you say, man, why should I worry? Hallelujah. I saw a t-shirt the other day and remember I got to close. It's time to close, but I saw a t-shirt. And it had all of these things about, what's that karate guy? The other guy was an American guy. Chuck Norris. There's a guy who wanted to come to our church called Chuck Morris. <laughs> really? And I thought it was Chuck Norris. And I said, bring him on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He's making good money. <laughs> no, it wasn't about the money. Chuck Morris was his name. Used to go to our church years ago. And I thought, I should have remembered him because Chuck Norris. And, and he said, all these things about Chuck Norris, you know, about how strong he is. Said he, he, you know, he, he doesn't use scuba gear. He holds his breath. Said, you know, he just holds his breath. And it says that Chuck Norris uh, has counted to infinity five times. If you understand infinity, you know how redonkulous that is. Yes, I said redonkulous. Just, it'll be okay. 
Brother, Brother Hobbs had been out for a while, and by the way, we're going to pray for him too. He'd been out for a while, and, and uh, I think Brother Costello was there. I said, well, it's because I was late one morning, and I said, y'all were about to form a possum. And Brother Hobbs said, did he say possum? <laughs> At least he was listening, right? Hallelujah. Praise God. But it said, it said monsters before they go to sleep at night. Monsters look under their bed to make sure Chuck Norris is not there. <laughs> Meaning the monsters are afraid of the man. It ought to be the devil on the defensive. It ought to be the church on the offensive. What good is all of this power if we don't stand up and run at the devil instead of from him and run our mouth? I can. I can. No matter how I feel or what the circumstance, I can. I can. I can. I can. Therefore, I will. Amen. If I can't, I won't. But if I can, I will. I can do all things. That means I'm equal to anything. I didn't think I was because I went through nervous exhaustion and I thought I got to be very careful what I get involved in from here on out. I can't take too much pressure. No, I can't. But I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me because that strength is supernatural. It's not my strength. It's His strength. It's hallelujah. Not my armor. It's His So I would ask you to give your burdens to the Lord today. To trust Him with your life. To quit running from your giants. To conquer fear by simply trusting God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Commit thy way unto Him. Trust also in Him. And He will bring it to pass. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people to deliver them. Can you say, man? Hallelujah.